This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Didn't we tell this story last week? Junior Motorsports Olympics. Uh, you're excited I... about this. You're not very good with names of other countries, are you? No. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Junior Motorsports Upfront, presented by K1 Speed. I'm your host, Justin Allgaier, here in the Exalta studio. And of course he's not here, but at least he's calling in this time from sunny Florida's Jonathan Davis. You're down there doing a little bit of homestead testing. So how's how's the weather? Right now we are currently uh, we're trying to get the test in. We're supposed to test from three o'clock in the afternoon till eleven o'clock at night both days here. And so far yesterday we made twenty four laps and the rains came. Oh, Southern man. Florida is very kind right now and uh, dumping rain all over, but Today, we're trying to start the test early. We're actually trying to get going um, within the next five minutes. So I'm rushing through our radio show here to uh, to do it and uh, get right back to the racetrack here. So we're going to try and test from 1145 until whenever the rains come today because it looks like they're going to come this afternoon. Well, one of the reasons why you were so adamant about being on today, and it's the same for me, um, obviously over the weekend for those that don't know, we lost Brian Clawson to a crash at Belleville uh, at the Midget Nationals. Brian was somebody that uh, we all respected a lot as a, as a race car driver, but also as a person. And you've gotten to work with, with Brian. Jonathan, I, I know you uh, you had some really cool moments that, that you got to work with Brian. and um, I've had some cool moments of being able to race with him. So uh, just to give you some of his stats real quick, uh, Brian has 26 Xfinity Series starts. One top five, two top tens, and one pole. Uh, BC was chasing 200 starts this year. Uh, he was trying to do 200 starts in one year, which is something that is a feat that, that is absolutely incredible. Uh, he had already made it to 117 uh, when when uh, the crash happened. Uh, he was the only driver to lead a lap at the Indianapolis 500 and to go on and, and win a USAC race, a sprint car race, in the same day. Uh, he, he won later on that night. And just the the – the amount of, of accolades yep. that, that he's been able to um, kind of accrue over his uh, his career, even though it hasn't been the longest career in the world. He's only 27 uh, when, when he passed, but just absolutely amazing. So, Jonathan, I'll let you kind of talk about your experiences with, with Brian, and, and I know this is something that's super important to you too. Yeah, it is. Um, it is really tough to uh, hear the news. Um, still kind of uh, gets to me when I think about it and talk about it. I think about uh, – him is his dad and Diana's mom and Taylor is sister but you know a lot too about Lauren Stewart his fiance uh, Brian was a great kid I, I got to work with him when I worked at Chip Ganassi Racing he came as a development driver and uh, we actually had to teach him how to how to drive a stick shift in Lakeland Florida he uh, got there and he, he kind of chuckled when he sat in the car he said uh, so you guys gonna push me off here or how's this work <laughs> so uh, we taught him how to drive a stick shift we, we ran several ARCA races that year, the, the the best one being Gateway. We ended up winning right there at Gateway, um, and absolutely awesome evening. Uh, he, uh, again, there and after the race, he's like, okay, how do I do a burnout? <laughs> so taught him a lot of cool things. Um, some some of them the motor builders wouldn't enjoy too much, but uh, had a great time. He, uh, he even graduated high school on a Friday. Um, him and his mom and his dad got in the car, and they drove all through the night to drive to Iowa Speedway for the ARCA race that we ran the next day, and uh, I think we finished second there. So just a, a great kid, and, and 
not just in racing, but off the racetrack, too. He, he absolutely was the total package for being a great ambassador for the sport and just being a good person. He'd take that extra time with the kids. Uh, he did a lot of stuff with uh, the autism. He did a fundraiser at the Chili Bowl each year. And, and just absolutely phenomenal kid and come from a phenomenal family. And that that void is is never going to be filled. And it's uh, it's a it's a sad day. But, you know, we all know the risks we take driving race cars and being a part of this sport. And he actually spoke on it. Um, I forget. Uh, a driver was killed or hurt, and uh, he actually did a really good article on it about why race car drivers do what they do. So it's um, he, he's a great ambassador. He was a great ambassador to the sport and definitely will be sorely missed. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think any time you, you look at just what he's what he's accomplished on the racetrack, you go, man, he's had a great career. But, but as you said, I mean, uh, Tim and Diana, his, his parents have to be – so proud of you know who he was as a person and uh you know i think the outpouring of the community just kind of just touches on that you know he he um he's somebody that that uh, as you mentioned had a lot of a lot of really cool things that he did um you know ben hodgen uh was a um uh a guy that, that he took under his wing ben has autism and and that was what led brian into doing a lot of the stuff that he did with autism and you know, it wasn't uncommon for Brian to have an autism helmet or an autism car, and and yeah. you know, just all the things that he did, um, you know, off the racetrack. I think is really what what set Brian apart, and and the fact too of of driving anything at any time. I mean, you talked about his NASCAR career. I raced with him, you know, growing up. You know, we raced quarter midgets together, and and ultimately midgets and and silver crown cars together. Um, you know, it wasn't uncommon for him to race a. Uh, midget one night, a wing sprint car the next night, a silver crown car the next day. Like, it didn't matter what it was. Uh, it had four it. wheels. He was going to race. It. Yeah, absolutely. And and a successful Indianapolis 500 career. I mean, I think he, he made three starts at the Indianapolis 500. Um, you know, just just uh, unfortunately, you know, God's got a plan that we don't always understand or see. Uh, but he definitely, definitely got uh, a great race car driver. You know, through he all did. of this, and, and that's something I wanted to touch on too. Uh, I've struggled with it. There was there was somebody else in my life that was killed unexpectedly, and I struggled with that pretty hard. And uh, Dale Beaver, a chaplain for the MRO, probably had the best sermon and speech at her funeral. Um, and it, you know, we might not understand why, but just know that God does have a plan, and there there's a bigger reason for him passing. His passing may help. You know, some other drivers live through an accident like that. So just be mindful of that and, you know, say some prayers for his family and Lauren and everyone involved. Because, you know, even the guys that work on the cars, it, I'm sure it's tough on them too. And they might might not get the, the thoughts that we all give to, to Tim and Diana and Lauren and, and Taylor. But uh, definitely think of those guys too. But I actually need to run here. We are headed out on pit road for our <laughs> test today. So um, Cole is actually headed down the back stretch right now. So well, I'm going to leave you guys on that. And, again, thank you. And, uh, like I said, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to the whole Clawson family and everyone involved. Well, yeah. thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. And, uh, you know, I think for all of us here at Junior Motorsports, it's a, it's a collective 
collective answer. So we appreciate you being on today. All right. Thank you all. Y'all have a good afternoon. I'll talk to you later. I think all of us here at Junior Motorsports would, would share in the fact that, uh, you know, one racer is in one is one racer too many. And unfortunately here, the Earnhardt name with, with Dale Sr. passing, you know, that's something that, um, you know, having a death in a race car is something that is very near and dear to everybody here at, at Junior Motorsports. And, you know, with Dale Sr. passing, there was a lot of safety changes. There was a lot of things that have have kind of hit the the – the benchmark for what we do as, as far as safety goes today. And my only hope through all of this with with Brian's passing is, is that, uh, you know, it creates something that will help, you know, our youth or um, our racers that, that are, you know, going to be moving forward with their careers, that, that it helps them to have something different, something better, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be somebody like Brian. That's that's extremely successful. It could be anybody that that passes away in a race car. You know, if there's change from it, it doesn't bring back that person, and it doesn't doesn't make it any easier. But it does make um, it does make justification, uh, or or not even really justification. It does make it does make that that moment seem so much greater than what it than what it uh, than what it was before. So. You know, hopefully for all of us here at Junior Motorsports, we never have to go through anything like this again. Uh, really, for that matter, for anybody to have to go through any li anything like this again. But again, motorsports is dangerous. It's something that, that we all know the risk when we go out every weekend. And uh, we hope to think that, that we're above that. But at the same time, it's it's uh, still a dangerous sport. And and uh, we really are, are, are sad of the passing of, of Brian Clawson. So as we come off of this news, obviously... Uh, unfortunately, the schedule in racing still still moves on. Um, you know, I know a lot of Brian's friends, a lot of of Brian's peers are in Knoxville, Iowa this weekend, uh, racing the Knoxville Nationals. Something that I'll be keeping up with as much as I possibly can throughout the the course of the weekend. Yep. Um, and we're in Mid Ohio, so two weeks in a row, we're gonna go road course racing and turning right and left. So uh, it's gonna be interesting. It's the second road course of the season for us, two of three. We get a, uh, a short break. We go to Bristol, and then we go back to another road course. Yep. But Mid-Ohio is one of those places that is very different on our schedule, I guess. You know, we, yep. we, uh, we have three totally different road courses. We have Watkins Glen, which is our super speedway of road courses. It's really, really fast. Not super technical. Um, not a lot of, I guess, really slow corners. It's, it's a lot of really high-speed, um, you know, heavy braking zones, things like that. Road America is really high speed as well, but a lot more technical in certain areas. A lot of elevation changes. And then you go to Mid-Ohio. Mid-Ohio is probably the slowest of the, the three road courses that we go to, but by far the most technical. Uh, definitely, definitely the slickest. You know, when you're out there sliding around, uh, you don't realize how much grip there isn't in the pavement until you get out there, and then you <laughs> go, oh, man, there is no grip out here at all. Um, the Trans Am Series is also there with us this weekend. And, you know, for me, that's something that uh, it, it's a very interesting race because the Trans Am Series races are way different than ours. Yeah. But at the same time, they're the same. Does that make sense? Like they similar but different. Yeah, they, they drive a lot of the same lines. They do a lot of the same things. The areas that they find speed yeah. are kind of the areas that, that we try and find speed. Uh, their cars look a little bit different than ours do. Yep. But at the same time, uh, still a, a really cool series. And, you know, it's fun to watch. I mean... Road racing for me is is very fun to watch, uh, whether it be 
proper sports car racing or what we do on the NASCAR side and just kind of dabble in a little bit. It doesn't matter what it is. I, I enjoy watching it. So um, I will definitely probably be watching as much as I can. What about you, Kelsey? Are you going to watch? I know somebody in the Trans Am series, so oh, really? I am definitely watching. Who, who is this said driver? Um, I mean, I say this. I think he's racing in the Trans Am series. He did the last two years that we were there. Um, he's just someone that raced in SCCA, and that's where I – started so gotcha. Very nice. honestly i'm not gonna lie i can't remember his name at this moment in time but he's <laughs> and he's uh i put you on the spot and you, you failed. did and i cannot remember his name as soon as i go to twitter you had one of those space moments i had like a spacey moment here uh it happens um he raced at scca uh with us and then he's kind of moved on and moved up ran the rolex 24 a couple times and um so i really i like i really want to run the rolex race mm -hmm. but i feel like i need to run somewhere like mid-ohio or, or, you know, somewhere else first. Like, I, like I would love to try yeah. it in, in a Trans Am car just to see the differences from, you know, what we do to what they do. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to drive a, a Porsche in Brazil later on this, this, this summer. And um, teammates with, with our Brandt counterpart, M uh, Miguel yeah. Paluto, he races down there all the time. So I'm really excited for it, but at the same time, I'm super nervous because <laughs> it is completely different. It's completely different. Yeah. yeah. Uh, completely different. So. You know, for me, I, I like I love watching other forms of, of yeah. motorsports, especially at, at road courses. So it'll be interesting uh, yeah. to see how it all works. One thing that is not going to be interesting <laughs> is pit road. Uh, pit road's back to normal. How difficult is that to go from, like, pitting on the opposite side one week and then going and pitting the, the right side the next week and then going back <laughs> and then going right back to the other way? Like, Well, so for us, it goes pitting on the right. Yep then pitting on the left two weeks in a row, so yep. mid-Ohio, Bristol, and then back to pitting on the right at, at Road America. So uh, it is very challenging. You know, the, the pit stops when the, the pit crew is to your right. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit hard to judge the distance right. of where you're at to pit wall, things like that. I actually got screwed up this weekend, so I thought that the pit sign was going to be at my left front headlight like normal, mm -hmm. uh, which is how I've done it in the past, and I didn't relay that, but I guess I just thought everybody did it that way. <laughs> They did not. They did not. So when I came in, luckily I saw the tape on the ground and I saw where the right front wheel should be, but it had me completely screwed up. Like I was, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And our pit crew didn't know what to do because I didn't know what to do. Like I could tell that they were leery of jumping out in front, jumping of, you. Out in front of me. <laughs> um, <laughs> didn't we tell this story last week well, about road course pit road? I, you know, we, we, we said that it was going to be interesting. Yeah. And it was. And it was. Um. But, you know, they did a great job anyways. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, it was – it was. Uh, Do you think it's harder on the driver or harder on the pit crews to go from switching up their routine one week, going back to normal for two weeks, and then having to switch it again, and then maybe fly from a Road America <laughs> to, what, Michigan? Michigan, yeah. And then pit on this – like, how difficult? Well, our, our – co-host uh at earlier this year ryan Patton. yep we were talking in the in the the hauler before the race and he said they've been practicing right side pit stops for two weeks so i would say from from my vantage point it would be harder for them yeah. for them to switch because if they've been practicing for two weeks you know that means that they're gonna have to kind of keep practicing all the way through even yeah. though they're gonna have some some normal pit stops my gut tells me though for them their normal pit stops are their bread and butter just like what we do on a normal oval, we yeah. we get it. We we're used to it. It may not always be perfect, but at least you you can kind of close your eyes and and fake your way through it. Yeah. Right? A pit stop that's backwards, you're not gonna fake your way through it. If it's off, it's off. And yeah. and you know for for us, you know I'm driving a 3,400 pound race car. I've got fenders and 
roll bars and all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, they've got a little bitty tiny helmet, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, that's it. And I'm I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. I don't want to hit one of them, not because I'm afraid to to hurt one of them. I'm afraid that if I do hit them and they beat me up, that, <laughs> that I'm gonna be in major trouble. So you probably I'm, are. I'm more out of fear <laughs> that I'm not hitting a pick member than I prob- am. Probably a good idea. Yeah. There's no. a lot. They're like used to getting hit with like football. And there's a lot of them that are former football players. Uh, listen. College listen. football players and. It, the fridge, right? Used mm-hmm. to play for the, I think the Dolphins. Okay. I think that's who he played for. Now you got me wondering. Uh, he was like, I don't know, 395 pounds or something crazy. Like he was a big guy, right? Yeah. Even if that guy hits you, it's still only 10% of a race car. Yeah. So, I mean. So they're going to be extra mad at you. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, that like it wouldn't even be, it wouldn't even be, um, I mean, it wouldn't even be funny. <laughs> like, it would be terrible. He was 335 pounds, excuse me. Uh, his name was William Perry. And he, he played for the Bears. I guess I thought he played for the Dolphins for some reason. I did look it up, though. Um, he played for 10 seasons, which is that's an impressive career. That is. Um, but, I mean, yeah. you know, if that guy hits you, it was... It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. No. no. Not so, anyways. Good. But that's only 10% of... Us hitting, uh, us hitting it, somebody in a race car, <laughs> so not, not, no, not ideal. Not ideal at all. W- are you going? I know the answer to this, but are you going to the track for Tech Day? I am. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm a glutton for punishment. Yeah. I can't stay away. No. Uh, I'm sure that Trans Am will probably be having some practice. They are on our t- on our test day or our Tech Day, not test, yep. but Tech. Um. So for me, I'm gonna probably do a little bit of reconnaissance work. Okay. You know, I have a golf cart, so Just I'll drive be, out. you know, making making the rounds around the, the property, trying to see if I can see anything. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go to the, the GM simulator uh, last week and run some, some Watkins Glen, but also some Mid-Ohio and, and make some laps there. And, um, the, the folks down at Pratt & Miller, everybody at, at, at Chevy and General Motors, it's so cool, you know, what they're doing in, in trying to advance um, the racing platform and, and just what they've got down there. It's really, really neat. So I was super, super pumped to be able to, to go in there and, and to, to at least make a few laps, a couple hours, and it, yeah. was, it was really, really cool. So hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, that <laughs> got me set up to go to, to mid-Ohio and run some really fast laps. The 7 will be in victory lane. The, the 7 was in victory lane last year there, so yep. hopefully we can hopefully we can pull that off again. Yep. We'll see what happens. That was a crazy so. finish last year. Yes, it was. Very I did tell... Uh, Mr. Tagliani, that if he ran <laughs> this year, that the the seven was a different driver, so uh, no retaliation. No retaliation. No retaliation. On the, on the he um, is not the driver. He's not. He's not. I think Ryan Blaney's in the twenty-two. Correct. He yeah. is. Correct. Yeah. Well, that brings us to Junior Motorsports Olympics. Uh, you excited I about this? I don't think I've ever been so excited about the Olympics. Yeah. Like I stay up and watch the Olympics. Like the Olympics is on in the. Uh, JRM store like I'm they're, they're rowing right now rowing yeah earlier I was watching equestrian it's not that fun so Germany's won it three years in a row equestrian yeah the American was in first whenever I left and really came down here. yeah okay so so when I watched last night they were saying that the Germans have won it three years in a row and that we were trying to beat them yeah so I mean, I mean we, we beat Russia in, in swimming the Lily King beat the which one was girl, awesome which was amazing yeah and uh 
sometimes I think that girl needs a, a PR person at some point, but I mean, she just does. Oh, you mean the finger wagging? The finger wagging, and then <laughs> the like comments she made. I'd, I would be hesitant on it, but you know what? She <laughs> hey, if you're gonna talk, it in her you gotta favor, back it up, and she and did. She backed it up. Yeah. I will say probably one of the best parts of the night though was Michael Phelps's. Yep. Staring. Uh, yes. It was. He says that he wasn't had no in, like. He wasn't even paying attention, but yeah. I find that hard to believe. He said that he just like he said he knew exactly what the guy was doing, and he just I think where is he from South Africa? South Africa, yeah. Yeah, so he uh, he knew what he was doing, and so he's just like I just put it out of my head and go in my own routine. But then you can kind of see some side eye with yeah. all the oh gifts yeah. that people have made so far. There's tons of gifts out there with it. Yeah, uh, my favorite, to be honest with you, so far has been um, just kind of watching the different disciplines. And seeing so many different athletes from the United States yep. and from, from all countries for that matter. But so many different athletes from the United States that are just, I mean, it's incredible to watch. Yeah. I mean, whether it's whether it's gymnastics or volleyball or the the cycling or golf. Or, I mean, you could name Everything. every sport in the Olympics and you're like, man, these guys are, are and gals are really, really good at what they do. So I that's been really cool. I saw an interview last night there, the Olympic, the U.S. Olympic team is 53% female. 53%. 53%. So it's almost half and half, but yeah. still more more heavy to the, to the And female I think side. this is the first time it's ever been this many women d- in in the Olympics for America. I mean, that's pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy. Now, I do know, like, the girls, uh, gymnastics, mm-hmm. they were, like, 10 points in the all yeah. round ahead of second place. Yeah. I mean, that never happens. They were killing it. Yeah, that never happens. And then Serena Williams beat the French lady last night. That was awesome. You're not very really good with names from other countries, are you? No, and like <laughs> I wrote down, so the French gymnast that uh, suffered a double break in his leg, and his leg was at a 90 degree angle. That was a v- lovely video to open up on Facebook. But yeah. like I have his name here, and I don't know how to say it. Sam- um, Samir. Samir at said. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna go with Samir. Yep, that's Samir num- broke his leg. Samir broke his leg. I can't imagine a break like that. He's already walking. I yeah. He's up walking. That's crazy. I broke uh, both bones in my left arm one time, but it was a. Uh, I don't remember the name of it, but anyways, I got hit by the steering wheel. Like my oh. arm went through the steering wheel, and then somebody hit me, and it it just you know it was such a quick hit. Yeah. And it and it just snapped both bones, but they didn't move. I was like crazy lucky. I actually went home and slept on it, and then got up the next day and realized, hey, I I need to go to the doctor. And I was twelve at the time, so really. Oh. Know, Thirteen, I think maybe. Um, did it wasn't wasn't ideal. So did it put you in shock? Cause like I feel like this gymnast was in shock. Cause he just kind of laid there and wasn't like I'd have been screaming. I well, so mine was more like, like I felt like mine was crazy bruised. Yeah. Now granted, mine wasn't hanging off to the side like his was. Yeah. Uh, but if you ever watch people's videos of when they break legs or arms like that. Yeah. A lot of times they're in the same mode he is, so I don't yeah. know if it if it separates the nerves and there's just no and pain. Can't feel it. Uh, what I do know is is that he's gonna have a huge road. Excuse me, road to recovery. He says he's still that it's not off the table for him to compete in 2020. I mean that's impressive. I'm like, whoa, more power to you then. I mean, you think about the fact that a you're talented at what you do, but but b to to have a recovery like that and to know that. You know, that's your goal. Yeah. Well, the United States is leading. They are. With 19 medals, five gold, seven silver, and seven bronze. 
That's all changing as we. They're as all we changing can. as we speak. So on Thursday, they're not going to have 19. They're, we're going to have probably way more than that. Um, but at this moment in time, at 12.02 on Tuesday, we have 19 medals. Yeah. So we were talking about the equestrian earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so yesterday, I'm watching. So I have my iPad, and I have my Xfinity app on, so I can watch NBC or USA or Bravo, whichever channel they're on that day. And it was equestrian, and I was kind of interested at first. And there was one part of the tr uh, trail where they had to w go in the water and jump thing in the water this horse would not go in the water <laughs> like the horse just ran around <laughs> the water and he would not go in the water it took a good probably minute and a half for this horse to actually go in the water and he, he jumped in he was fine but what if you went all the way to rio with your horse for first the olympics first of all how do you get a horse to rio so they have like travel companies so it's just like for do you fly them yeah you fly them on a plane there's like horse transport services i feel like the the windows for the outside aren't open like on a no. regular uh, you know, I horse trailer. No. <laughs> i think it's like they probably get air conditioning it's probably just like concierge you get you know a beverage and some snacks they get a, they get a bucket of water they get a bucket of water and some feed and <laughs> i think they're probably very well taken care of on a plane i would agree with that but what would you do if you got all the way there you're competing for a gold medal and your horse just doesn't cooperate well you know you think about it um I mean, all of pretty much all the other sports in the Olympics are people based. Yeah. Y you know, you're you're banking on what the other person does, the other person or your teammates or whatever. Now, the only other one that would be similar would be golf. Yeah. Uh, and there is one golfer that his golf clubs have not shown up yet, so he from can't. From America? Uh, I don't know what country he was from. I just saw the tail end of it last night on the golf channel. Oh. Um, but literally, his his clubs have not gotten there yet, so he's he can't play. Like, literally, he can't play. Like, golfers are very, very, like, just like our race cars. They fit the golfer, right? A lot yeah. of golfers use the same club for years. And uh, so my man is, is just kind of stuck with no golf clubs. That's kind of, I mean, that would be just like tennis and your racket not showing up. Yeah. That's and it's not crazy. like, you know, you can just go to the store and buy one, especially in Rio. Yeah. Um, So that's. You know that's not good. So, but anyways, yes. If your horse doesn't, if your d horse doesn't act right, I mean, you're pretty much. I guess the horse is an extension of you, though. You've trained your horse. Yeah. So maybe it should do whatever you tell it to do. But at the same time, they are still living, breathing creatures. That yeah. You know, mm. I don't know. The golfer is from Argentina. Argentina. Okay. And it's an American. <laughs> uh oh. American Airlines delays rerouting. Uh, 20 plus calls. Can't find my golf bag. I'm going to miss my chance to compete in the Olympics at Rio. I mean, technically, if you if you're America, that's a good way to keep from losing to different countries. Yeah. Is to just <laughs> yeah keep their keep I their mean, golf clubs oof. hostage. Jeez, that's not good. No, that's not good at all. That'd be that'd be like going to a race and your car not showing up. That would be I mean, bad. That, that would be, be bad. Uh, there was there was a team that showed up a little bit late this weekend to to Watkins Glen. They didn't show up for the test day. Oh. And the drivers were were standing around, kind of wondering what they were gonna do if the if the hauler was even gonna get there. The truck broke down, oh. and they weren't able to get to the racetrack. So, unfortunately for them, they missed an entire day of testing, testing and then yeah. only got one practice. Yeah, Oof. yeah. So, Jeez. all right, that leads us into dun -dun -dun -dun, daring assumptions. There, see, we don't need music. You got this. I still think we need an audience. Like we need the. Oh, we need the. Cla yeah, yeah, we do need clapping. Anyways, um, so this weekend is super awkward. <laughs> Because we're the only ones racing in the whole country of NASCAR. 
Well, I, that's not exactly true. <laughs> We're the only uh, series from series the top from three the top series three that are racing this weekend. There you I go. knew I knew we'd get there somehow. We'd get there eventually. So, who's your pick for mid Ohio for the Xfinity series? I'll um, let you go first. So I can't pick Gibbs. So I can't pick the eighteen. Uh, who's in the eighteen? It hasn't been announced yet. Okay. But I know who's in the 18. Yeah, I do too. Um, That's why I was asking to see if you would. <laughs> nope, not going to say it. Um, I'm going to go with the two. Oh, you just took mine. Of Pominard. I feel like nope, he no, is not Pominard. It's Sam Hornish. Yeah. I feel like the two was really good last weekend in Watkins Glen. They were very good, yes. So I feel like that kind of momentum will move into this weekend. And then, I mean, Sam Hornish is Sam Hornish, so. I know, and you're killing me because that's who that, that was. was your that pick. was my pick. You should have gone first. Well, ladies are always first, and I figured I'd let you have yeah. it. But I didn't know. I didn't think you would pick my pick. I'm getting good at this. I research uh. now. Like I research. I know. I do too. That's why I was <laughs> picking him. Oh man. All right. So I'm gonna go with Justin Markson in the 42 because the 42 is extremely fast in um, in Watkins Glen, and I know Justin's a great great road racer. So I'm gonna go with the 42. The other one, though, man, I'm I'm struggling because the 98 with Nelson Piquet. I know. Being teammates with Nelson, Nelson is a phenomenal, phenomenal road racer. So, and I'm the 98 won Daytona. I the 98 did win Daytona. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. Moving Thanks on. A lot. <laughs> sorry. <Thanks a> lot. <laughs> oh, that was bad. Well, <clears throat> well, I'll I'll let that slide. Yeah. And I'll lead into the next thing we have to talk about since I won't. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna justify that one with a. Do you want to pick a uh, car for Jonathan? Because he didn't text me his picks. I mean, he give is him the ninety-eight. Okay. Because I feel like he'll be okay with the ninety-eight. Written down. Yeah. All right. Well, don't forget to head over to exalteracing.com to get all the latest news as well as the. <coughs> wow, I screwed <laughs> that one up already. You're good. All right. Don't forget to head over to ExaltaRacing.com to get the latest news and photos, as well as the schedule for Dale's number 88 Exalta races. Um, we all know that Jeff ran this past weekend at Watkins Glen. He's going to run again next weekend at Bristol. Hopefully, 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 hopefully. The next week. Hopefully. The next weekend after that, we'll have Jeff or have Dale back in the car. Yeah. I will say it was really awesome to have Dale in Watkins Glen. Yeah. To see him, you know, you know, have the the press conference to to interact with the media to interact with other drivers and teams and um you know you can tell that this is something that's extre extremely personal to him and and you know, he wants to be back it it was funny uh i think it was was nate ryan that asked the question that i don't know who i don't it, know if it, it was insinuated nate ryan, but he retirement yeah and dale's like what you're gonna say it and yeah i was like that's awesome that, i was uh, that doesn't get any better i was in there um working on something completely different and uh, whoever it was that asked it, I cannot remember. They, I mean, circled around the word retirement. Never mm. said the word retirement. And then, like, kind of asked the question. And Dale said, are you going to say it? Or <laughs> you want me to say it for you? And um, so it was it was cool for, for him to cut up with the, the media and go and visit the team and Jeff and all of them. So that was cool. Well, catches this weekend. Um, the Mid-Ohio 200. August 13th, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on USA Network. Uh, the number one, Elliot Sadler. One main, uh, Chevrolet. The number seven, Justin Allgaier, Brandt Professional Agriculture Chevrolet. And the number 88, Kenny Habool, Sun Energy One Chevrolet. So yeah. definitely make sure you, you catch us um, 
and again, and I think we've said it a lot on here, but we're really, really thinking about Frank Lawson. And I know all of us, all of us want to uh, to win this weekend to to kind of check one off for for Brian and park it, as he used to say. He always yep. said parked it. Um, you know, there I saw that they're selling uh, visor strips today, still chasing 200. Yep. So I'll actually have something on my helmet this weekend, kind of commemorating his life. Um, and still chasing 200. So we'd love to, love to see Brian hit 200, 200 wins. We're gonna try. I know that they're trying to get that trending on Twitter that all the, the racers say parked it uh, after they won this weekend and, yeah. and uh, try to get him to 200 wins. Even though he wasn't trying to attempt 200 wins, but that's that's kind of the goal now is to try and get 200 wins with people that are recognizing you know his his life. So we'll close with um, kind of a somber moment, saying thank you to to Brian for all he's brought to our sport and and. Uh, his life and to his friends and family. Kerry Earnhardt here. Tune in this Friday to Earnhardt Outdoors as Hank Parker Jr. and I cover everything from the great outdoors to the activities that strengthen the bonds of families and friendships. That's Earnhardt Outdoors right here on Dirty Mo Radio. Hey, Junior Nation. Now more than ever, exclusive, entertaining, and free content from the world of Dale Earnhardt Jr. is no further away than your fingertips. It's all thanks to Dale Jr.'s Dirty Mo' Radio presented by Exalta. All eight Dirty Mo' Radio podcasts are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and, of course, DaleJr.com. So whether you're at home, at work, in the gym, on the run, or just hanging out, Dirty Mo' Radio gives Junior Nation its newest and most versatile way yet to plug directly into the world of Earnhardt anytime, anywhere. You've been listening to Junior Motorsports Upfront, brought to you by K1 Speed. To find a K1 Speed karting facility near you, go to k1speed.com. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 